Hey, my name is Lo, or at least Lo is what they call me. I'll be your guide through this tale. Now I listen to the stars and I tell you what they say, but sometimes it's not so easy to hear them. If you're looking to hear us all a little more clearly, then go ahead and skip to our 10th meeting. That would be book two, chapter five. If you want to catch up on what you've missed, then you can listen to our Star Watching Recap episodes or check out our description for our recap notes. And should you be so inclined, you can find a link to our Discord server where you can talk to these boys and other TTRPG enthusiasts and find some maps and art of this world. It ain't easy sitting here, listening, talking. Sometimes I wonder if anyone can hear me or if it's just the night sky. But I hope I've found someone. I hope I found you. Welcome to book two of Spare the Crying, heading somewhere. Moon speaking, the narrator for this tale. Pardon the break, but I first wanted to thank you all so much for listening. I wondered if these boys and their tale would go completely unheard as I sat there for hours of editing, and now we find ourselves with listeners. Little starlight somewhere out there in this dark void. We appreciate you. We would love to hear from you and perhaps guide some other listeners to our tale. We'd also love to invite one of you to join our boys. So, if you so wish, please rate and review our story. If you have left a review, you can comment on our pinned post on Instagram or TikTok titled Join Spare the Crying, and in two weeks we will pick one reviewer to make an NPC to join our tale. We look forward to hearing from you and sharing our work. Now, that's enough of me. There's a story to tell. I'm meeting Keen's patrons now. A celestial. Aelin. Friendly, but distrustful. Protective. I and Virgil real odd. They asked Kian about Jubilee. Kian doesn't know a Jubilee. Aylin's looking nervous. They open the caboose door. Aylin walks back in. Sorry, making sure everything's alright. Are you sure it's okay for me to stay here? Is it alright with everybody? If you're welcome here, I don't have a problem with it. No, I can't say I have a problem either. Guess I don't have any objections. Alright. Aelin sits down on the uh, one of the boxes that's not being used to build your fort, crosses their legs, and places their, their chin in their hands. Kian looks a little bit visibly confused, but sits down kind of close to them, calls Marigold over. Aelin stands up, kind of suddenly, and walks over to Virgil. Oh god. And sort of bends down slightly, and just grabs the earring. They would- he was waiting for that. He'd slap their hand away. They sort of pause, and look at you curiously. I've just- They look back at Kian, and then to Virgil again. And straighten up. Where'd you get that? It was given to me. And if you'll pardon my reaction, that is not yours to touch. I wasn't going to steal it or anything. 
Regardless, it is not yours to touch. You'll have to forgive us on this plane. It's not exactly common for people to go up and invade in the personal space of others. It's uh, not taken very politely. Right. Sorry. They take a little step back. But they're still standing right there. They're still standing there. They're still looking. Is there something I can help you with? It's just not yours. It is not, but it was given to me freely. Hum, thoughtfully. It's sort of an important gift, isn't it? It is. That is why something was given in return. Hien is just... looks very confused. Like, (laughs) eyebrows raised. I wasn't going to steal it. I was just trying to look. I'm not exactly sure what's going on right now. Well, this is... I've seen things like this before. They're usually kind of personal from what I learned. Where have you seen such things before? My other emissary had one. But it was hers. These are not so common from what I understand. I know. Pardon me. Could you clue myself and Oxalis in on what exactly makes this earring so different from other earrings? I have earrings. They're very nice earrings. Thank you. They are, but they're not that unique. No, they're not. One of you care to elaborate. Both of you could elaborate together, actually. I'd like an explanation as well. I don't really know. I just know they're they're usually connected to the people they belong to. At least that's what Jubilee told me. And, well, I guess she never tried to give it away. But I don't think she was planning to. You know Jubilee. Yes? I suppose she might have given it away one day. She didn't get that chance. The stones are a, um, a product of our initiation as Don Shepherds. That's why I was shocked to hear that you had seen one of these before. You were her North Star then? Aelin has gone very quiet and still. I'm sorry about what happened to her. They nod again, and then very quickly afterwards shake their head, and a smile comes back to their face. You don't have to apologize. Well, I'm not going to let it happen to Kian. I'm gonna do a better job. He looks really lost. I don't remember that. Aelin walks back to their assigned box and sits down. Uh, They look a little bit guilty. Sorry. Maybe I should go. This is probably a bad idea, wasn't it? And sort of wring their hands. I was just curious. Really. I didn't mean to... Well. I'll go. Bye. And there's a brightening of the moonlight for a moment before they vanish. What color is that moonlight? Uh, it's a gold. Like a silvery gold. Mm-hmm. Well? Kian. We don't have to worry about you spontaneously dying because of your patron, or them being instrumental in your very near and imminent death. Correct? Aelin was not at fault for Jubilee. I don't think we have to worry about that. Would you mind explaining what happened to her? 
The being responsible for Jubilee's demise is no longer with us, so as you can see, it will not be a problem. As far as I know, they cared very deeply for Jubilee. I just feel like I would have known if... If you never had memory issues before? Not that I know of. <laughs> I suppose it will be hard to tell. Maybe we could help and figure things out. Virgil, Jubilee, when did she meet her end? About how far back away was it from now? That would have been two years ago. Kian, where were you two years ago? It's hard to answer. Because Around? You, because you do not remember, or...? I remember. Don't worry about that. I just don't know. I've travelled a lot. Do you want me to go through my whole two years? No, that seems a little bit excessive. I was thinking more along the lines of, uh, for example, two years ago, I remember meeting a very fine fellow in a bar. <laughs> well, The one you didn't fight with? No, that was three years ago. Mm. This was an entirely different fine fellow, though perhaps fellow is the wrong word to use. More of a they-them fellow type, you know what I mean? <laughs> Anyways, we didn't discuss the fighting or anything, we just straight, straight upstairs for that one. But it was a very lovely night, and I do remember their face, never saw them again, but sometimes those are the most memorable moments. The point is, there's usually some sort of key memory from a while ago. Surely you have something like that, right, Gian? Of course I've got specific memories of things I've done in the last two years. Two years ago, I was in Freya, the majority of that time. Where is that, Detty? Freya is one of the more major islands to the west of Octarius. The Guardian is, is well known, it's Oberon. Oh, right. Sort of the like king fae of beasts, basically. Mm -hmm. Trying to identify some sort of a major gap around the time of this person's death. It was a death, right? Not just a, uh, they went into the ocean and didn't come back, or... Yes, she is dead. Thank you for the clarification. I don't remember anyone mentioning anything odd. Can ask Aelin more later. I suppose then we can put it on our ever-growing agenda of things to do in somewhere. I should really write a list at this point. Might be good to stop by Simone's first thing since she's near the station. Then, uh, probably I figure we stay at Henry's. My house is cheaper than a tavern lodging. How easy is it to find information about the trails? Not terribly hard, I mean, just gotta know the right people to ask. Sometimes they'll give you information there at, at the jailhouse. They, they're pretty uptight about their paperwork. Well, then in that case, I suppose let's leave that problem for somewhere. Since our Maggie troubles have been taken care of already, thanks to myself, I think we'll be quite alright coasting for the rest of our journey. We can only hope so. You say that like something bad's going to happen. I think the worst of it is behind us, actually. So long as we stay in the cargo car, yes, I agree. Yes, which we will be staying in the cargo car. Inside check. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not cocked, so 16. 24? <laughs> you motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm not telling you anything. So you, you get, like, scowled at a bit. <laughs> Henry is indifferent. He's smiling at you because he's been smiling since he said they were on the up and up. Once we get to somewhere, you will have your mission. What do you want it to do? I don't need to 
get everybody in trouble trying to get Lachlan out of jail. I'm not about to just leave you to deal with that on your own. You don't know either of us, really. But I've known you for about a month now, and I know you are worth helping. Safety is entirely irrelevant. Trust me, dealing with these bureaucratic officials is very, very easy compared to going into the ocean and dealing with Perry. Not in my experience. I'd rather deal with something like Perry than a diplomat. Agreed. Well, then I guess it's a good thing you've got me on board. I'm just not sure. Getting people out of jail the official way usually requires some money. Well, depending on how much that sum comes to, we do have a good love. Well, it is time-dependent, you know. There's certain things that have to be moved and put into place. It's not like all of our assets are necessarily physical. There are bonds and things and railroads and tied up in construction. You know how it is in the spheres of wealth. It's... In that case, we have someone who has spent some time in a jailhouse and perhaps knows the ins and outs. There is always the hard way. I'm sure it won't come to the degree of a whole prison heist, you know. Seems a little extreme. I mean, he's just a random no-one in somewhere. Unless your friend happens to be the largest criminal in the entirety of every known island, then I don't think we should have too much trouble getting him out. I'm not exactly sure what he's locked up for. Probably important to find out as soon as possible. You said he's been there four months already? Not so. Well, hopefully they're... Paperwork's going slow as ever, and he'll stay there. Be a lot easier to get him out of jail than out of the prison. You are very keen to sneaking around the back ways. However, kid, if I may, how are we still on board this train? Don't walk? No. Myself and my persuasive skills. So. I seem to remember casting a certain spell. It just expedited things, but we now have food, and we have water, and we're on board the train. It is not the most luxurious accommodation, however, we are on board the train. So I think this time, at the very least you owe it to me, for charming me, to get up on board. That we try it my way first. Really, I'm already going to have to explain this situation to my fathers. I don't think breaking a man out of jail is on my agenda of things to stress them over. I won't bother you with that. Well, you see, here's the problem, Kian. Your name is now associated with my name because, well, you and Ox here insisted on joining Virgil and I with entering the train beside Maggie and, well, whatever you do and go public, it's probably going to reflect poorly on myself. She doesn't know my name. Well, fine, but you don't necessarily need a name to recognize a face in the paper. He snaps his fingers and, like, he turns into a tiefling. Perhaps an orange tiefling. I was going to ask what color. <laughs> well, you know, our methods don't necessarily have to interact with one another. I could try to get him out legally first, and then if that doesn't work, you can try the illegal method. I'm fine with that. Fantastic, then we have a compromise. See, what did I tell you? Exceptional persuasive and people skills. He just opens his bag, pulls out a book, pretends to read. <laughs> <laughs> Virgil sits down next to Kian and leans over to him. So we're going to watch that one night. Of course. We have Marigold do that. 
when we were sleeping. And wake one of us if he disappears. Anytime. Wonderful. I'm gonna go sit down in the corner <laughs> and like start writing something. Ox will, uh, he'll get up and kind of start walking towards the back entrance of the fort and the back door, but he pauses before he gets there. Oh, uh, Kian, I put that stack of boxes of cigars there, wondering if you could put them in your bag of holding. Okay, gosh. Probably be pretty helpful when we're in somewhere as far as bribes go. He kind of makes face of like realization and smiles and starts putting them away. Thank you for that. Yeah. Good thinking. Ox kind of flushes a little bit and leaves. <laughs> he, uh, he goes out the back door and lights up another cigar on. In just a few moments, you see a hand reach over from on top of the train. Ox passes the cigar. Lo takes it. Virgil stays up for a couple hours. I want to see Henry fall asleep before I do. Okay. Yeah, I think Keen's just going to sit up and be awake for a while as well. Henry's not going to take watch, but he does make a big show of going to sleep because he's noticed Virgil is watching him. Wait, has Virgil been trying to hide the fact that- No! Okay. No. Then, no. Absolutely the fuck to, not! Indeed, you do not have to roll. <laughs> yeah. Virgil, you open your eyes to the train car, uh, but it's empty except for the thin strip of moonlight that you noticed earlier when Aelin appeared. And you just sort of blink, and Aelin is there, but they're they're difficult to see. They're more ghostly. Like, they can't quite take form, and they gesture for you to come closer. He does. Where is she? Who, Jubilee? Yes. You don't know? I don't. They fade out and in again. I'm not sure. I. The last I saw, she was dead. They fade away again and back. They just look confused, distraught, and vanish. And the dream ends. Love that for me. I love that for you. Thanks. You have about a week left until you get to somewhere. Uh, the same apprentice who came earlier to bring you food and water comes once a day to replenish your, your stock. They seem pretty busy. They're sort of running around. They don't talk too much, but they're also very interested in you. Uh, their name is Zoe, you find out. And besides that, nothing extremely eventful happens to this train. Um, you take a few stops on the way to somewhere just to sort of refuel and for people to have a chance to walk a little bit um, at the station, but you are not allowed to exit the train at these stops. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of how the rest of this ride goes. And if you change any of that, it is up to you to tell me now. I don't think this would change any of that, but Kian is sending messages pretty much daily. Kian is sending messages? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, to to Lachlan. To Lachlan. After they wake up, after uh, Alien leaves, 
he'll go sometime, maybe wait until evening and go to the caboose of the train. I'm not sure if you can, if you can talk or if you won't. Hope it's the latter. Meeting Leah in six days. The light on the, the radio just sort of fades away. He'll try again the next day. I think he tries at a different time. Maybe very, like, early in the morning. I can only do this once a day. Maybe hum for yes. Whistle for no. Can you hear me? You hear, again, a quiet tune being hummed. Just for about five seconds. Four days? Are you under constant supervision? Hum for yes. Whistle for no. You don't hear anything in reply to this one. Next day. <laughs> Three days. Are you under any magical restraints? Hum for yes. Whistle for no. You hear the quiet humming sound again. They're just random notes each time, not really songs you recognize. Two days. Do you think that breaking you out would be possible? Uh, you don't get an answer to this one. The next day. One day. I'm going to figure out a way to get you out. Well, that's just it. You use Mela's device well. Thanks, Mela. Thanks, Mela. Sorry, Mela. <laughs> Sorry, Mela. Uh, do the rest of you have any plans for the rest of this journey to somewhere? Yeah. Um, I think the day after Aelin left, um, that morning, Virgil would like go over to Henry. <laughs> Sorry to disturb you, it's it's only that, you know, given that we adjusted a few things in the agreement we discussed previously, I thought it best to take the opportunity to write up a proper contract. And he will present you a little slip of paper. Um, it reads, I, Virgil Flores, will to the best of my ability assist you, Oxalis Camphir, and Henry Tempest Goodlove, in the location and potential apprehension of Campfire's sister, and with the breaking of Goodlove's curse. In return, you will, to the best of your ability, assure me discreet passage to Phoenix Island at the time and location of my choosing. I thought it best to keep it simple and to the point, so if you would add your signature, we will be golden. And you see that Virgil has already signed his name. And here I was thinking I'd have to draft up something once we got to somewhere. No, it is wonderful to work with someone who is so... Lovely. Absolutely professional. I can tell you've done this sort of thing before. That being said, I'm definitely signing it. Don't make me think, sound like I'm not going to sign it. I'm going to sign it right now. Let me grab my pen. You're being eyed very closely. The more you talk. Ox kind of looks it over again. So, uh, going up to Dawning after somewhere then? Not necessarily Dawning. But I would like to visit Phoenix Island, 
in the future, and I thought perhaps with our dear Henry's connections, it might be more feasible than a monetary sum. Seeing as we may end up using a large number of coin in aiding Lachlan in getting out of jail. I apologize. Might have heard a bit of that conversation that you had the other day. Was that how your pigeon works? Sometimes, not always. It's alright. It's not like we were discussing anything private. But yes, I will. Ox, if you could hand that here and him. He has like a nice little fountain pen. Yeah, I was waiting for it. Yeah. <laughs> and signs an absolute John Hancock of a signature. <laughs> uh-huh. And I know you said that the date and time is of your choosing, but I'm assuming there's some sort of flexibility. Like, if we're going to be going in on what happens to be the busiest day of the year and you simply didn't know that, you know, we can move things around. Of course. Can work that out. Indeed, yes, you're a very reasonable man. He hands the contract back. Again, I do appreciate that you've drafted up a contract. I'd like to get things in right. When I can. As do I. Did you wish to sign as well, Oxalis? I don't have any objections to it, so... Hand it back over. He passes it over. He'll uh, take it and sign with a big ass L and a big ass X. <laughs> Wonderful. I look forward to working with the two of you officially. And Virgil takes the slip of paper and goes and sits in the corner of his little box fort and practices Henry's signature. <laughs> in front of him? No, not, no, it's in his journal. Y'all can't see. You've seen him working in his journal a lot. It's nothing unusual. Ten minutes later, Keen will sidle up next to Virgil. Mm-hmm. If you really need to get into Phoenix Island... And something goes wrong, and sneak in. Certain ways. You wouldn't have practice with this sort of thing, would you? Conan faces legally and illegally. Was this before or after your? Um... He just makes like a little fang gesture. <laughs> he like winces. Sorry. Perhaps I know other ways as well. Look into that later. Just let me use that as a way to say thank you for being understanding. If you insist. Is that the first time something like that has happened? Would you have lost control in that way? Certainly similar. If we are following the traditional lines of thinking, did it help you when you did that? So it was not such a bad thing, yeah? Like a lot of people wouldn't agree. Well, if it helped you, I don't feel bad about it. I would prefer it happen when you die. Very strange. Perhaps it is only that I have seen so many strange things that this is nowhere near the top of the list. Just you're so calm about it. If you were hurt more. Look, Kian, I figure... I waste enough of my blood as it is. It's very comforting. All I'm saying is, if it is, if it comes down to a situation where it is life or death for you, it's alright, I don't mind it. Thank you for telling me that now. 
And perhaps you're only struggling with so much control and confusion because you are rejecting a part of yourself. Perhaps if you took the time to learn more about it. I'm trying to learn about it. We'll figure out more. We will. I didn't mean this to be a whole long thing. I just wanted to say sorry again, not just in the moment. You are forgiven again, not just in the moment. Thank you for that. He he stands up, goes over to his bed. Virgil opens his notebook again, mm -hmm. does another flourish. Do you have any train points? Yeah, I think on like one of the nights, does Keegan go back up on the roof with Ox and Will? Yeah, I'm sure. While they're out there, you know, smoking a cigar, looking at the stars, feeling the breeze in their hair. Ox kind of leans back and looks at Keegan. Keegan, I, I was wondering, you seem pretty comfortable up here. You been on a lot of trains before? Been on a couple of trains. Wouldn't say lots. Why? Well, uh, you kind of seemed, and I don't mean it in a bad way or anything, a little shadier than I first took you for. Especially since, you know, Simone and all. Simone's a perfectly respectable person. She's, a uh, pretty well connected. I mean, he kind of stares out into the stars. I wouldn't call her shady, though. I wouldn't call myself shady, either. But I guess the people I was traveling with before. Maybe didn't always do things above board. Like that Lachlan fellow? They're good people. Don't get me wrong, I, I don't mean shady in a bad way. I mean, I'm pretty shady myself. Been in prison a few times, you know. Wasn't for nothing. What was it for exactly, if you don't mind me asking? Well, uh... There was a, just a group of three of us, and, well, when the train moved in to nowhere, we started robbing it. My sister turned me in for a bounty, you see. And, uh, that was it. That was the end of it. Thank you for telling me. I don't think any less of you. I trust the people I was with, most of them anyway. I don't think we always did the best things either. It's complicated. He nods and takes another drag from his cigar. Kian leans back onto the train and then lays back and looks at the stars. And rises and sets. The day after that, Ox, you notice that you're kind of just being like eyed from time to time. Like, it's clear that Virgil wants to say something to you, but it doesn't quite know how to start it or, like, how to word it. This goes on for, like, two to three hours. Ox has been going through, like, his usual routine. You've, like, noticed that, you know, there's, like, a handful of things that he'll do. Um, cleaning his gun and just, like, tinkering with anything that he's got in his bag available playing with his lighter a lot, touching all of the rocks in his pockets, 
And kind of, like, after a few hours of Virgil eyeing him, and Ox finally puts his gun down and looks over towards him. Virgil, do you, uh, have something you wanted to say to me? I have not been that subtle, I know. I do. I'm trying to figure out how to phrase it in the least uh, hurtful way. Or perhaps a way... <laughs> this is difficult. It is only that I understand it is likely a sore subject. But I think it is a question I do have to ask before we go much further. Or at least before we arrive in somewhere. Under what charges did you end up in paradise? There was a bounty out for the crew I was running with for a while when we were younger. There was uh, three of us. Called ourselves the Clipper Crew. Black. The Boot Brand. We, uh, We raided the train from somewhere to nowhere pretty often. And uh, eventually uh, my sister turned me in for the bounty. I'm gonna roll in the side check. <gasps> dirty 20. <laughs> also a dirty 20. Oh. oh. I only have a plus one in sight, so whatever you're. Plus four. That seems very truthful. It seems like maybe that's not the full story. Like, Mm -hmm. just not a lot of details. But as far as baseline details, that seems very reasonable. So it was for theft, not something like, say, murder? No. Nothing. They violent. Virgil, I can assure you we would not be hanging out together if... Ox had any intention or past history of murder. That wasn't necessary. You mistake me. I ask not to judge, but only to clear things up on my end. I'm sorry for being nosy. It's, uh, it's alright. Makes sense. I only wish to know the sort of person I am working with, that is all. It is not a problem if you are wanted by the law. It is not a problem if you have, in fact, committed such crimes. It is alright. Thank you for your honesty. If uh, if you don't mind me asking a personal question as well, that earring, does it have anything to do with that man that we saw Harry turn into? I suppose the most accurate answer would be both yes and no. As I said, the earring is a um, direct connection to the Dawn Shepherds as a whole, but it's, it is not related to him. And, uh, it's that person that Perry turned into didn't have anything to do with that wisp that you saw that turned into a beast, did it? No, um, not, not at all, actually. That, that was Errol. He was one of the Dawn Shepherds, and as far as I know, not connected to beasts of any sort. What was he to you? 
If I'm honest, uh, friendly annoyance. Ox glances at Henry when you say that. <laughs> Actually, not unlike your relationship with Mr. Goodlove. No, we, Errol and I, we were never anything more than friends. Well, but friends close enough for Harry to be able to latch on to. Yes, uh, the Shepherds, we operated for a total of about seven years, so we became rather close in that time. Would have been bad if we had not. Hard to work together if you don't like each other, you understand? I do. So maybe more like family? Yes, actually, that is a perfect way to describe it. Well, uh, if you don't mind, one more question. Who gave you that earring? His name was Rowan. Well, he was very important to me. Also part of the Shepherds? The de facto leader, actually. He was sort of the face of the group. More suited to talking with diplomats. This wasn't Donning. We operated out of Donning, yes. Kian, like, snaps his fingers. And he looks like Rowan. What the fuck, dude? But, like, much younger. Late teens. It's a little unnerving. Could you, uh... He snaps his fingers. Sorry. Uh, thank you. Um, yes, that's him. Did you know him? Kim, where did you meet him? We met in Tursul when I was growing up. He taught me how to sword fight. We only knew each other for a year. He left. Inside check. Nineteen. I guess with that, you can kind of notice he looks a bit shocked at all of this, but yes, same. that's about it. Like, yeah, that's the mood. He thought you had to fight. Yeah, it was an excuse to, I don't know, get to know him a bit. So how did, how do you know him? How close were you? Well, we met as recruits for the Shepherd's program in Donning at 18, 19 respectively. We became very close over the years. Who is he? I don't know, Kian. I can truly only speculate. I was heavily encouraged to leave Phoenix Island behind me. And I do not know what became of him. What was he to you? I mean... We were 17. So when you say you were 17... You close for a bit. He looks a little embarrassed. <laughs> I... Well, I'm very sorry I don't have better news for you. For us. This part of the reason why I, I wish to return to Phoenix Island to see what happened. Well, said so he was the leader of the 
Don Shepherds, correct? Rowan, did he have a last name? Sterling. Rowan Sterling? I could see if anyone knows I'm his current whereabouts or business. I mean, leader of the Dawn Shepherds. It's not like it was an insignificant grunt or an apprentice or something of that nature. Surely someone that I know who knows someone knows something. It was all rather hushed up at the end. I'm not sure about that. But you are welcome to try. Once we get to somewhere, I was planning on writing a letter, but you try your way. I'll try mine. You say you don't know anything, but do you expect it to be bad news? I'm not optimistic. You'll have to forgive me, but that is hardly a first. Things have been different since I left Donning. That's understandable. Many of the islands are very, very different from Donning. Phoenix Islands in general. But especially Donning. You know. What with it being such a large city and all, so well protected, well established, it's quite different than <laughs> just gesture around him out here. Well, we had the shepherds. I'm not sure what they have now besides the usual army, but perhaps that is enough. Look, it's obvious you don't really want to talk about it right now. At some point, we can talk about more. We can. I am. Um, I promise to tell you what happened. It's. Um, I'll figure out a way to say it. Another time, then. It's a promise. It's a promise. He just goes and sits in the corner and flips through his journal. The landscape changes from the sort of lush forest of Enosh to the dry pine and eventually to the desert. Near the end of your trip, it does heat up in the uh, car that you're in, but not unbearably so. It seems to be temperature controlled in some way, uh, possibly to protect the cargo within. And you know that you are about to arrive in somewhere when you are suddenly plunged into darkness. The above-ground tunnel that surrounds the train tracks into somewhere are only lit by small arcane lights. Uh, you can see most of them are situated next to signs that you barely have time to read as you go by. Uh, they're advertisements, mostly graphic posters, colorful, lauding the beauty of the oasis inside somewhere and the casino there. The Sphinx Casino as well, welcoming all travelers and tourists with promises of riches. Uh, you see some advertisements for Paradise Tequila. Posters have greens and blues and colors that don't really reflect the desert that you last saw before you entered this tunnel. After maybe 10 minutes of riding through this covered track, you can see through your small window that you've pulled into a station. The train comes to a stop and you can see in front of you the passengers starting to exit. People dressed in, in very fine clothes, bright colors, contrasting very strongly with who you last saw in Enosh, the sort of muted earthy tones. Most of them exit, your door doesn't open. The station looks rather empty. Uh, next you see the livestock. 
uh, Virgil, your eye immediately follows a very large goat, Orna. She looks no worse for wear. Um, she stands tall above the smaller goats around her, about the same height as the, the horses that they've let off as well. Uh, they're rather huge, uh, but step very lightly. Uh, they seem to be a fine breed. Uh, you can see that Orna has some braids in her fur, but besides that, looks the same as you last left her. A few minutes later, after the livestock has been cleared away, the door to the caboose opens and you see Maggie beckoning you out. Come on. There are still a few people milling around the train station, mostly employees, it seems, who are starting to unload the cargo carts. Maggie looks at all of you, hands on her hips. All right, I just want you to know if you are planning to head back on this line, you will be expected to pay. Are you planning to go back on this line? No, of course not. All of our business is here and somewhere. If we get back on the train, we'll pay. She reaches into the pocket of the overall she's wearing, pulls out sort of a crumpled piece of paper, and hands it over to Henry. This is your bill. I'll expect payment by the end of the month. I know you might not have anything on you right now. Take your time until then. He'll try to hand it back to her. Well, I believe you're quite mistaken. You are on your way up to Donning. Kian just puts his hand in between them and like pushes Henry's hand like with the receipt like back towards him. Doesn't say anything. I step between him and Maggie and just kind of, if she'll let me like lead her off to the side of it. Maybe three steps away from this man. She does. She looks confused as you try to lead her away. Looks down at you. What are you doing? I only wish to thank you for your understanding. You were very kind to us, considering the circumstances. And I think I speak for the three of us when I say we will try to keep him respectful. Right. End of the month, Henry. <laughs> Look between everyone who is also looking at him. Yeah. <laughs> it's really just a waste of postage to bill me. But you'll be paid, sure. Yes. No, Henry. I want you to pay me. Then that's just doubly the waste of postage. Things to be sent all the way over to Dawning and then all the way back over here to me. Before you say anything else, Henry, um, Maggie, do you mind if, uh, do you know where they took the goats? Right. She points down, you can see there's, uh, there's the main doors to the station that are sort of a big, grand, wooden set of doors, and next to it is a smaller, more humble, just single doorway. Uh, it's open, you can see through it, there's sort of a, a corral. I told them someone would come to get your goat. Just ask for it. Tell them I sent you Maggie. Shouldn't have any problems. Thank you very much. And he's off. Kian, like, since before they exited the train, has... It's a very light cloak, but he's got his hood up and, like, draped around. He's covering his face a little bit. Anyway, Henry... Well, like I said, you'll be paid. He'll try to ball a little if she'll let him. Well, make sure he pays you. She nods. 
But as you as you get to be, I don't know, a few paces away, you hear her actually call out to you again. Henry. And she gestures you to come back. He takes a few steps back. Back towards, towards her. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Backing away. She sighs heavily, walks up to, to meet you, and sort of speaks a bit quieter. I just want to make sure you know I'm pissed at you for very good reason. But I'm not... You know I'm not mad about you, right? I mean, just... We could have talked about it. We could have figured something out. That's what I'm angry about. It's not... You look good, Henry. Oh. Well, thank you. I mean, you you still look good. But I... I uh, it's complicated. I know. It always is, isn't it, though, you know? It is. And you should have just... I don't know. Told me something instead of just leaving me there. And I hope you understand... That is the cause of anger, nothing else. Anyway, she pushes a stray strand of hair back, sort of takes a, a few steps back from you. I'll be seeing you again when you pay for your tickets. Right. Yes. But, but I showed we've already all of our businesses here in somewhere, so you shouldn't have to worry about it. Pay for the tickets to here, Henry. Oh, that payment event. Yes, well, let me build accordingly. You know, I'll talk to my financial advisor. See you. I'll, I'll see you around as well. Thank you for not killing me on the train. Didn't want to kill you. She turns around and walks away. To himself. Not loud enough for her. Oh, that's not really what I got out of it. All right, sure. Take a look at the bill. Well, <laughs> how many zeros? Heading, heading towards the rest of the group. Is there like an emotional damages chart? <laughs> it's for two hundred gold. Are things itemized, or is it just two hundred gold? Is it's a handwritten scrap of paper that she pulled from her pocket. Okay. It is a handwritten piece of paper that says 200 gold to Maggie Brenna. Henry's still looking at the gnome by the time he comes <laughs> over to everyone else. Virgil has just got his forehead pressed against Ornit's nose and is like patting her neck. Ox will lean over to look at the damages on the note. Well, uh, at least she just charged the normal price of a ticket, I guess. Four of us. Well, the 200 gold isn't so bad, but. I, she changed her last name, Ox. You know what that means? What it usually means. She got married? Probably, right? Well, I suppose we have goats to get into the city. Let's do that instead. He'll fold the note up and tuck it into a pocket on his belt. You get your goat? Give her so many kisses. 
You give her so many kisses. Huh. King gets his goat. Yeah, your goat is there as well. Do you also give her kisses? Yeah. All right, so you guys enter somewhere, uh, somewhere proper. The station is in the middle of the city, uh, close to the tourism district, understandably. You can see that the sun is bright, but it's not as terrible as it could be around here because most of the streets are actually covered and shaded. There are certain fine houses that have water features, fountains, large trees and plants, but most of it is dry, sort of adobe brick buildings. And are you all just heading straight to Simone's? Is that your your plan? Clarification. Don't we have to do something? Waiting to collect the toll as we left the station? Yes, I forgot to do this, didn't I? Charge us! You would have have had to do that um, when you were at the station. Mm. Yeah. Maggie would have just taken it from you to take care of it for you. So that's 25 gold from us each? 20. 20 gold from each. each. Sorry, thank you. Thank you. Sorry, Brett Conning, but when, at some point when Maggie was talking to you, she would have asked for the 20 gold and given you, like, a stamped, Mm -hmm. munched ticket in exchange. A proper ticket. And told you to keep it on you. Mm. Was there, like, a time limit on there? Because, like, I know a lot of islands, you said, oh, okay, we're just here. We live here now. Mm -hmm. Cool. It doesn't mean, if there's no time limit, it doesn't mean you can't leave. No, I know. It just means you don't have to kicked out. Exactly. Nice. Thanks, They like tourists here. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Bring in the big bucks. What exactly is this? You said it was a tavern or an, an inn? Yeah, she's uh, just around the corner. <sighs> the one who sent me a, sent me a message when we were on the train earlier. She's meeting me here. All right. So I'm just looking out for her. Just kind of still keep like <laughs> eyes peeled for if anyone comes at us. Mm. With, you know, a knife or something. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Yeah. Make a perception check. 17. 17. Okay, so as you make your way over to Simone's inn, uh, you ox know this this path very well, and it it is close. It's maybe a three-minute walk from the station. Uh, Virgil, you keep an eye out. People look at you curiously once in a while. Uh, You notice a lot of people actually are eyeing Orna. Don't look at me or my goat ever again. (laughs) He just keeps a tight grip on her reins. And a hand on his sword. You pass by a few very tacky, uh, touristy shops. Very brightly colored signs over their sort of adobe exterior. And find yourself in front of a pleasantly beautiful and tasteful facade of a, a building that has about... Five floors that you can see, uh, windows facing the street, going around the corner. It's on, what's it called? It's on a triangle. A corner? What a triangle? When it's a triangle? What? <laughs> Is it like an annex? Like, a, like a pizza building? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know. No. It's always called Not an architect. triangle building. <laughs> okay, it's a triangle building. A triangle-shaped building uh, sitting on the corner. Um, there's... Differently colored curtains, you can see uh, draperies hanging in front of various windows. Uh, they seem to be heavy material, 
a lot of like dark pinks and purples. Some plants have been carefully tended to outside the entrance. And you step inside the familiar doors of the Star Under the Sea Inn to the tavern. It's early in the day and there aren't very many people here. The interior of the inn is busy in a very beautiful way. Lots of bits and bobs, like vintage looking random items, lamps, drapery, furniture, mostly dark pinks, but variety of colors and a lot of ocean themed paraphernalia. You see painted seashells are hung on the walls. Uh, when you look up, there are chandeliers that are sort of a, a glass dome with spiral glass going down that almost looks reminiscent of jellyfish. Right. It's a beautiful place. In the back, you see the counter where you're expected to check in. It's a dark wood. There's someone behind it. You can just sort of see the top of her head as she's hunched over something. Horns that curl back over dark hair. Uh, one of them is, is broken off halfway through and sort of capped with gold. Uh, there's pearls dotted through. It's like dreadlocks pulled back into a few buns in the back. As the door closes behind you, you hear a bell ring and she looks up. Her eyes are a pale, sort of purplish pink. Uh, her skin is a dark purple blue. Uh, you two recognize Simone. Once they got to the inn, he kind of like took a deep breath and pushed himself to the front. Um, so yeah, he can. You notice Ox kind of stands a little bit behind you. Okay. You okay? Uh, yeah. I just get a little nervous is all. See so her head sort of tilts to the side and her lips come to a smile. That you, Ox? Hey, Simone. She beckons you to come closer. Ox kind of gulps and and grabs Kian's arm and- Kian steps with him. Yeah, follows him. Her head sort of turns towards you again. Um, her brow furrows in slight confusion. Who are you here with? Uh, I brought a few friends. Uh, you might have heard that I'm coming from Ophelia. She nods. Kian. Yes. She's waiting for you in 505. Kian, you didn't tell me Ophelia was a mistress. That's exciting. And you, Simone, it is a pleasure to meet you. Ox has been telling me an entire week-long train ride about how you are so wonderful and knowledgeable about many things in the city. I'm Henry Tempest Goodlove, by the way. Pleasure to meet you. He leans on the counter and offers her his hand. She, her smile, her sort of slight smirk at Ox's entrance widens significantly as you introduce yourself. Simone, nice to meet you too. You're all here to see Ophelia? For the moment, yes. Her gaze turns towards you. And who's that? My name is Virgil. 
Alright. Haven't heard of you. I have not heard of you prior to this visit. She nods. Sits back down in the, the chair behind the counter. Last name? Floros. Alright. Just gestures towards the door behind her that, you know, leads up to the stairway. Kin heads up. Perhaps if I went in first, just real quick. Are you certain you're not going to be stabbed? I'm certain. And if... What sounds reasonable? Five minutes? Ten? Make sure the door's unlocked. I'm not out in five. Five to ten minutes? If you start screaming, we'll come in immediately. Sounds fair. He, like, goes up to the door. They, like, tentatively knock. The door just slams open. Uh, are you all hiding somewhere? Are you no, I think we're just in the hallway. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Alright, the door slams open. Uh, you see a, a small uh, drow woman standing in the doorway. She's wearing a um, sort of frilly, like, white and dark red dress. It's kind of, it looks sort of like a dirndl almost. There's a little purple and green hummingbird sitting on her shoulder. And she has hair and like a little bob with two uh, braids on the side. She looks like she should be sort of unimposing and cute, but there's a look of ferocity on her face that uh, immediately sort of cancels out that uh, initial reaction that you would want to have. And she grabs Kian's wrist and Pulls you inside. Yeah. And the door slams behind them. Do we still give them five minutes? Well, they haven't started screaming yet, so I think they're all right. Right. Virgil just starts pacing. <laughs> Kian, the door slams behind yeah. you. Uh, Ophelia grabs your other hand and looks up at you. Uh, you can feel her sort of shaking a little bit and see some tears welling up in her eyes. Yeah, I'm... I've thought about what I was going to say to you the whole train ride, and... Just shut up for a moment. Okay. She pulls you into a hug, and just rests her head on your shoulder for a moment, and then leans back and slaps you across the face. Softly. (laughs) But enough to sting, just a little bit. I honestly thought that would be a bit harder for the slap. How to practice? No, I... Kian... How about those... Well, I guess I knew. Just sit down. Yes. I told them I'd be out to check in five minutes. They're worried. Why are you going in five minutes? I'm coming back in here in five minutes. Just checking on them. I think they're worried that you might kill me. I didn't get to set this up. What did you tell them about me? I said I was meeting a friend. I'm not really sure what gave them that impression. What the hell kind of friends do you think you have? I might have been a little bit nervous on the train. So I think they came to some conclusions. She leads you further into the room and just gestures towards the bed. It's like a plush, round, circular, old, old, like, piece of furniture. And in the middle, you see Penny, a deer, has just curled up. He kind of gasps and then goes and walks up to her and puts a hand out 
Penny just, you know, leans forward and presses her her head into Keen's palm. Mufila sits down next to Penny and just sort of very quickly, uh, distractedly starts to pat her on the back. So are they going to help us then, your new friends? I think so. Um, Kian. Yeah? This wasn't your doing, was it? I think my patron might have gotten involved, but I didn't know. Right. I really hope you're not lying to me. Miss. You can go get your friends, you know, they don't have to stay standing out in the hallway. Kian, he's not... <laughs> Is this a minor good love? Is this like some sort of distant cousin? I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around how you expect this to be okay. But he's here now, in front of the door. So, I, I don't have much of a reason to, to trust you at the moment, but I am certainly trying my best. I didn't have any money. Oh, excellent. All right. And I need it away here. And you think it's a good idea for this good love to be involved in any of this and know about us? Honestly, haven't been able to say no to him. He hasn't taken no for an answer. Leave me after it. Alright. Well. <laughs> he walks to the door and opens it. Ox has been anxiously tapping his yeah. foot in the hallway and uh, playing with the black rock in his right pocket. Henry immediately snaps shut a golden pocket watch on a chain. <laughs> Perfect timing, Kian. You are just at the four-minute mark. We're starting to get worried, but you're not dead, so... Come on in. The boys enter. You enter the bedroom uh, to see this same drow very sort of fretfully petting a deer that's half asleep on the, on the bed. And as you enter, she sort of hops up jumps off the, the bed and walks over to to you all, holds out a hand, and smiles brightly at all of you. Ophelia is my name. Thank you for helping Kian get over here in one piece. Why, yes, of course. Henry will reach out and immediately shake her hand firmly, but not like super enthusiastically. It's a very professional handshake. It's yeah. been an absolute pleasure to have Kian on the train. Mm-hmm. I'm Henry Tempest Goodlove, darling. Oh, yes. It's a pleasure to meet you. <laughs> As it is to meet you. She glances over at Kian, and you can see her holding back a peal of laughter. <laughs> and the two of you, she pulls her hand from, from your Henry. Ox kind of tips his hat a little bit. Ox Alice came for it. Virgil does like a little shallow bow. My name is Virgil Flores. Pleasure to meet you. She does a little shallow bow back, lifts up her skirt and oh. and sort of does a little curtsy. Uh, you can't really tell if it's supposed to be mocking or polite. Well, Kian told me you were all interested in helping us. 
And may I ask, and she sort of just you all to come and sit down um, in various sofas and chairs. I assume you're expecting something in return. That wasn't exactly at the forefront of our minds. Kim, like, kind of shrugs at her. So why are you doing this, then? Kindness of your hearts? Well, for the time being, the whole business with Lachlan, it was, uh, two degrees sprung on us while on board a train already bound for somewhere. So it's more of a overlapping task with uh, another bit of business that my friend Virgil and Oxalis here are in the process of taking care of. Perhaps you could tell us a little bit more about why exactly he was thrown in jail? I'm not entirely sure. I... He was having a... hard time. Glances over at Kian, gives him a, a, a glare, and then back at the rest of you. So, we just came here for, I guess you could say, a vacation. He's a rather skilled musician and was performing one night. Had a bit of a competition, did well, and when he left, well, what is Okian? Went after him. He was surrounded. By who? I suspect bounty hunters or. I don't know, the law of somewhere. People are certainly prepared to turn someone in. Did they have some sort of outstanding bounty? She pauses for a moment. No. Not. No. I understand this. It is not a problem if he has. Not all of us here are law-abiding citizens ourselves. It's wonderful to know that I'm surrounded by criminals. She smiles as she says it. But I don't think so. Certainly, we've done some things under the table in the past, but... Never, I mean, I've never seen a wanted sign with our faces on it or anything like that. I don't want to go around there because I was with him around the time he was caught. I don't know if it's safe. But do you know which jailhouse it is that he is being kept? Uh, seven, District Seven. Well, I'd assume that around here, Virgil and I are the least wanted people. In our group? Yes? Yes. We can head over together. Kian, perhaps Miracle might be of some use in scalping things out. And if you go with Ox, perhaps... Are you familiar with District 7? Yeah. This is a scouting mission only. We are not planning a spontaneous jailbreak, correct? Correct. You'll have to forgive me, Kim, but that was not the most convincing correct I've ever heard. Mr. Goodlove is right. She stands up, glares over at you, Kian. You've done things like this before. What if we find out that he's getting moved tomorrow morning? Well, then we get there when we get there. Then we regroup after we do our scouting tonight, and well, there are many hours until the morning, if that is the case. But we are not going in half-cocked, not split in two. It would also be incredibly foolish to go in without a plan. Besides, if he's getting moved tomorrow, it's going to be much easier to perform a jailbreak. If we have to, 
while he's being transported than when he's already at the prison. He is a well-known musician. Is this true? Perhaps you have heard of his skills and were oh. wondering when he might be out for his next performance. Ophelia, <laughs> like, shakes your head. Not well-known, just skilled. In what instrument is he a pianist? No, plays the banjo, usually sings. Oh. Do you have a problem with that? No, not at all. I just don't have an expertise in it. It makes things more difficult. I'm a pianist myself, you see. But... Uh, hmm. That helps in this situation? Yeah, well, it would help if your friend was also a pianist. But you know, then I might have some knowledge on the technicalities of it. Even if you played another stringed instrument, cello, viola, violin, bass, anything really. You can play the mandolin. We can work with the mandolin, yes. No, I, I'm still, I'm still not quite sure. His name is not well known. In fact, I would say it's not known at all. And we try to keep it that way. So perhaps you should avoid, oh, I don't know, asking around about him, if that's what you mean. You're telling me your friend is a musician who performs? I also presume for money, and he doesn't want his name spread around. Yes. So what sort of people does he have coming to listen to his performances? <sighs> she, and his charity she, performances. He draws, rubs her her temples. Just not all musicians perform on a large stage. It doesn't matter. Just I prefer to keep things subtle, and it appears as though you may not know what that means, so let me explain. We would like to get out of this town without anyone knowing. Without anyone remembering our names. Or as close to that as possible. Well, if we happen to break him out perfectly legally and soundly, it won't be a problem at all. Perhaps the first step is simply finding out what he is accused of. I agree, that's a good place to start. If you're expecting me to be any sort of smooth talker, I think you are overestimating me. I was never the one who spoke to anyone, really. I think Maggie liked you just fine. I think Maggie didn't like you. And I was there. Maggie? The one who rides in Nana somewhere. The sheriff's wife. <laughs> so she did get remarried. Isn't technically remarried? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out what your idea is. You felt you sounded very confident on the train Perhaps. that you could get him out legally. Look, if we don't go in with you as a good love, but instead as two of us as bounty hunters, you could do all the talking. Perhaps I have an idea. I would love Ophelia, to hear. Ophelia, clap your hands together. You, Virgil. Me. Bounty hunter. Perfect. You have a look. You, good love. Criminal. Put him in jail. I'm not sure of the longevity. Before, before, hold on. Perhaps when you're in there, you could find him, break both of them out together. This plan has only just come into the other in my head. No details an awful lot of me, so get one friend arrested and then break two people out of jail instead of one. It's always helpful to have an insider. 
Yes, but myself, I, I mean, I carry my paperwork on me. It's going to look very bad if I'm the one who gets arrested. Don't bring your paperwork with you when you are pretending to be someone else. We'll have someone on the inside who we can speak to because something has happened to Lachlan and he cannot reply to our messages. Why, why don't we try Marigold first? Just not nearly as fun. Less stressful. Sure. What do you mean, sure, you're not the one who has to get arrested? We're, we're not getting you arrested. Good. I don't want to be arrested. Especially if the sheriff's married to Maggie now. I think they would expedite me to paradise if I got arrested. I wonder if you might be able to speak to the sheriff herself about this. You seem you have something to say on the matter, Henry? I assume Maggie goes home when she makes stops in somewhere. Yes. That would be a very awkward meeting. You don't have to go. But she's seen your face, too. Yes, and but, she uh, likes me just fine, as you said. If you make a payment, that Maggie would be pretty happy to see you. Do you have the 200 gold at your abode? How fast do you think we can make it? Not even how fast do you think we can make it. 200 gold, I mean, I don't, I don't have it physical. What do you Maggie. have in your shop that we could pawn? I don't quite remember. It really does depend on who comes in. How much I can upsell them. With your silver tongue? You sell yourself short. Thank you. Are you friends with Maggie? Goodness no, she almost threw me bodily off the train. She didn't, so that's a plus. Almost. I am, however, acquainted with the sheriff, if only briefly. She seemed a reasonable woman when last we spoke. Perhaps we will be able to sort this out. If it was indeed a false arrest, she owes me a favor. I don't know. I've been feeling rather helpless here, so it's not really up to me. Henry, why don't you uh, take some time and see what gold you can put together to at least compensate Maggie? That might help things. I'd like to do this today. This now was my intention. Do you want to go off with Ox and see if you can at least see where Lachlan is with Marigold? Speak with him, perhaps. We can do that. Scout. I'll come with you part of the way. I just... She glances outside. You're in a district, or you're in a, a section of somewhere where most of the streets are covered. You can see a few like, sunbeams coming down just between the, the gaps between the roads and the building. It's not the best for me. I mean, in this area it's alright, but closer to the jailhouse it's not quite so covered. Kim reaches into his bag of holding, pulls out lacy, like, white parasol. That should help with the sun. Thank you. Oh, you know, if you didn't want to risk it, I could always send Delilah back here. She's quite reliable at finding a way. Delilah? My coyote. And he gestures down to her. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Ophelia holds, holds her hand out. I'm sorry I didn't ask for an introduction. Oh, that's quite alright. Lots of people are afraid to even come close to her, so. Oh no, she seems very sweet. She certainly is. Ophelia eyes, eyes Delilah, sort of with caution, even as she says so. Um, yeah, she approaches well, to investigate the hand. 
Sniff, sniff, sniff. Yeah. There's so many animals in this room. <laughs> yeah, there are. I was thinking about that. It's a zoo. Really? Yeah. She sort of rubs uh, behind the ears for a moment. There's like a split second of distraction before she sort of comes back into the room properly. So, alright. We're going to go see if we can see him. And you, Mr. Goodlove, are going to talk to the sheriff. Oh, I think that's... That is my job. That's you. Right. Alright. Well, best of luck. Thank you. Try not to use his name. Is his appearance alright? Yes. You can... She looks at you and like sort of gestures yeah. in the air. Just show them. He snaps his fingers. Um, yeah, you see a, a figure that looks... Or you see a, a man who looks... A man. <laughs> he doesn't have to be a mysterious figure anymore. Um, you see a man who looks uh, to be about Keen's age. Uh, he is wearing a sort of rough wool patterned cloak, uh, dark browns and greens, and a wide brimmed hat. He has like dark olive skin, very dark, almost red brown eyes, and long, wavy, uh, dark brown hair. With Keen's expressions, but a, a wider mouth, and short, pretty short. Um, you actually see, just for a moment, uh, like a tufted tail go back and forth near the ground. Um, you recognize partially halfling. Little. Yeah. Keen takes a deep breath and like snaps and he's back to himself. Alright. So let's go. Okay, bye! <laughs> Ophelia gives the deer a final pat. And takes the lead, holds open the door, and sort of gestures you all. She sort of looks at you curiously, Ox, as you as you exit, closes the door behind you all. Um, as you're walking down the hallway, she goes into step with you. You're familiar with the place, then? Yeah. Spent some time in jail and eventually prison. You're sure you want to be doing this? Should be fine. I paid my dues. She looks at you for a moment. Gives you like a gentle sort of pat on the shoulder. You seem interesting. She scuttles forward to take the lead. So you go back to your, your home. Yeah. Check between it's the couch cushions. A little dusty after you've been gone for so long. Besides that, not too not too shabby. Oh, he has his shop on the bottom part of like a small sort of building with the houses on the top two floors and then the bottom floor is the shop mm-hmm. itself. And just seeing what he had. Yeah, so you, you root around your, your home, your shop and home. Virgil. He's just kind of making his way to the sheriff's station with Orna. He's climbed up on her at this point and just walking through the streets. You're riding, Orna? Yeah. You get a lot of looks now as you as you make your way down the, the shaded roads to the head sheriff's office. You know there are a few deputy offices, but this one is, is closer to the center. Uh, closer to the oasis in somewhere. But a little bit uh, away from the sort of hubbub of tourism and, and you know gambling and sights to see. 
actually a rather simple building. Just says sheriff's office on a painted wooden sign in front. Goes in. Is there a front desk? There is. There's a front desk. The place is empty. It looks like someone's just doing paperwork. It's like an older human. Man. He goes right up to the counter and sort of makes sure the brooch on his cloak is like front and center. Lays a hand on the counter. I would like to speak with Sheriff Dona if she is available. Man looks up. She pushes back his chair. Squints his eyes. You can tell her that an old shepherd has come to visit. Hmm. It is friendly. His eyes go over your shoulder to the goat that's tied up uh, in the front, who is large enough to be seen through the window. And then back at you. Alright. You wait. Five minutes. Ten. Twenty. And then, finally, the door opens again, and Sheriff Donna step out. She hasn't changed much since you last saw her. Very easy, friendly smile. Towers over you. She's wearing rather high, uh, high-heeled boots. Um, it's an already sort of tall figure. Her hair is red. You see, it's now sort of dip-dyed ombre to blonde. She's wearing a, a bright blue scarf around her neck. And she smiles widely at you. Haven't I seen you before? It has been some time, but I think so, yes. And he bows to her. Very formally. She waves off the human man who's been standing next to her. And he sits back down. Have something to talk about, then? Want to come to my office? I think that might be appropriate, yes. Alright, excellent. She leads you into the back. Sits you down on a small, humble room, large windows overlooking street behind her. Besides that, there's not much in here. Mm -hmm. Sits down, smiles a bit. Have you been well? I hear you've been married. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. I actually had the pleasure of meeting um, Maggie, your lovely wife. She was wonderful. I agree. You're a lucky woman. Thank you. But I did not come here solely for uh, small talk. You see, uh, I've recently made a friend, um, caught up in some contract work, you understand, and they unfortunately have a friend of theirs that has gotten caught up in a bit of a tangle with the law. And I was wondering, for old time's sake, if you might be able to work something out. Her eyes narrow a bit. Well, from what I can understand, Virgil, you've gotten in a bit of a Tangle as well, yourself? Yes, but all of that has been long worked out. What exactly is it uh, that you can do for me if I help you out with something like this? I mean, you're asking me to go above the law. Can't just do that because I know you. No, but I figure if it is a matter of paying bail, well, that mirror we gave you a while back was not worth a small amount of coin. That's true, but uh, And as you'll recall, we weren't under any sort of obligation to be dishing out such rare magical items. See her lips tighten as you interrupt her. And at the time, you did not say that there was a price to your kindness. I would not like to put a price tag on doing the right thing, but I owe this friend of mine a great deal. I like to think that the friend they have has not done anything too terrible. 
So I was wondering if you would know any details. Um, the one I'm speaking of is a, a halfling sort, dark wavy hair. Had a rather large hat on at the time. Does it sound familiar? Roll a persuasion check. Oh no, that's not my strong suit. <laughs> <gasps> Minus one, that's an 18. She nods. Heard about someone like that. Of course, I'm not directly involved in all these things, but. Of course. You might know who you're talking about. It's not anything too terrible, is it? Mm, I don't think so. You have to ask the uh, people down at the jailhouse. They're. You know, getting the information they can. Is it being difficult? Extremely. Sorry to hear that. Perhaps it would be beneficial for us both to get them out of your hair. Perhaps. I can promise I can see him on a train out of somewhere and it's never returned. Virgil. That's not really how these things work. We don't want criminals in our city. We don't deal with that by Sending them on a train out of here. Send them over to paradise. Until they pay their dues. She leans back, opens up a drawer, and pulls out a large stack of papers. Thunks them on the desk in front of her. You have to give me some time to sort through things. Now she warn you, it's not always a monetary sum we require. I believe hard work is also a good way to um, teach people a lesson. But, seeing as you did me a favor in the past, I'll try to see what I can do. It would be greatly appreciated, Sheriff. It's not going to be cheap. I understand. If there is a job you need done in the near future, I'm willing to do it. Hmm. Good to know. Pleasure seeing you again. Come back tomorrow, same time. Will do. My heart has been beating so fast. <laughs> <laughs> you did good. Thanks. <laughs> You'll make your way over to District 7. It takes, by foot, an hour and a half. Kian, they turn to Ophelia and just look sheepish for a second. This really should only take a minute. It's okay if I need to walk around the block. Maybe pick up a letter. Just going around the block. Post office. Alright, that's fine then. They return to you with an envelope. You see it's from Enosh. He steps outside of the post office and opens it. Uh, inside are actually two letters. One is in another envelope. Uh, you see that one is addressed to Ox. Uh, but there's a letter for you as well. You open it up and you see it's, it's not written in common. And it's a letter from Mela. I don't think he's gonna read it now. Okay. Reason smiles a little bit, tucks it into his pocket, rejoins them. Sorry about that. Vela looks visibly relieved as you come back. Mela wrote a letter, so. And he takes out and hands it to Ox. Uh, as you walk, it gets hotter and, and brighter, uh, not only because the day is progressing, but the roads are not quite as nice as you keep moving, and the sort of fanciful rooftops, 
the gardens with small ponds and greenery all start to fall away to small rubble buildings, a few awnings here and there. But that's about it to protect you from the beating sun. And you can see Ophelia is deeply uncomfortable underneath the parasol. She points ahead, the road ends. It's down, down that way. I think we'll go with you. I'll just stand in the shade somewhere and... He, like, pulls out... I guess the letter is probably the closest paper he has. Just curious... He takes out a pen. Do you have, like, any idea of the layout? Uh, yeah, Ox. I mean, you know the basics. It's not very complicated. The jailhouse isn't isn't a huge complex in the way that Paradise would be. Yeah, Ox uh, jots down like a little map. There's a, an upstairs and a downstairs. It's underground. Let's find somewhere tucked away and try it. All right, let's go. Do they keep like lower bounty in one place and higher bounty in another? Well, uh, doesn't really matter what you're in there for. They'll put you in any cell that's available, but longer you've been there, more likely it is that you're underground. Make your way down the road. The dilapidated buildings are completely gone at this point. It's just an empty road, basically, with desert on the sides. And at the end of it, you see a, a white stucco, just square of a building. So he ushers Marigold towards the door. She kind of flutters for a second as a pigeon and turns invisible. And she's invisible until concentration ends. So if there's anything that would break concentration, she will turn visible again. But okay. has her sit by the door. Invisibility is an hour. And within an hour, I think at some point, you see someone leaves supposedly to go home. They're dressed in sort of a guard's uniform, uh, dark gray, like shirt and pants, hair tied very tightly back. Yeah, they open the door, Marigold kid goes in, and the door closes behind them. So, they walk down the road, they notice you, Ox. Just nod, keep going. Ox gives a little nod. Kim goes into Marigold Vision, invisible Marigold scampers into a hallway that looks like it could lead down to cells, but before she gets to any, you can't see through her anymore. You wait for about 10 minutes before your vision appears again in Marigold. She's standing next to the door. You can see the doorknob up above her. So he summons her. She just can't get in there on her own. You summon Marigold over and she appears again on your shoulder, pecks at your hair. Do you find him? Marigold goes. Can you show me what you saw? You see an image of a hallway. You see an image of dark, a dark stairwell. You see some, some cells. Each one has a small arcane light in it that barely casts any glow on anyone. Blurred faces, figures, you can't really catch any definition. And then at the end, uh, in a corner cell, you see just barely. Looks like there's a cloak around him. Uh, he's leaning against a wall, eyes closed. There's a rag tied around his mouth tightly. You're pretty sure it's Lachlan. Marable that's out a sad little. That's where we end our session for tonight. <laughs> he's there. 
I will say for your sake, Pen, that on Virgil's way to meet up with the boys, he will drop off a letter. Oh my god. <laughs> um, you're gonna read that in front of all of us? Do I have inspiration for making the DM cry? You get inspiration, yes! Thank you for joining us here at Spare the Crying. You can follow our boys a little closer over at Spare the Crying Podcast on TikTok and Instagram, and at Spare the Crying on Twitter. The tunes for our tale were created by Marika Shans, and our intro by Ben McElroy. The official art was by our own Corey, who provides the voice of Virgil Flores. We'd love to hear from you all, so if you please, you can leave a rating or review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on YouTube. Thanks again for listening to our tale. Hope we meet again, underneath my stars or yours.